Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan, Rockefeller Center, New York City. Joined as usual with John here in the booth across from me. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. Yeah, great. Yeah, awesome. Good, yeah. Got Joe Hayes and Rock in the panels. What's up? Hey, how are you guys? Happy post-Thanksgiving yeah. holiday. Yeah, yeah. we got to get the blow-by-blow. We got Nastasia the Hammer Lopez in Los Angeles, as well as Jackie Molecules, also Los Angeles. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, holding it down up in Vancouver Island, Quinn, what's up? Hey, I'm good. Yeah, good, good. So, uh, who wants to go first on their uh, on their post-Thanksgiving uh, blow-by-blow? Uh, Nastasia, how, how about you? Was it... Uh, did it sound hollow when tapped, the turkey when it came out of the oven? How was it? No, it wasn't so bad, actually. Nice. It was pretty cooked. It was, like, fine. It's good. <laughs> all right, now, what do you go for first on a turkey when it comes out? First of all, in your family, how far in advance does the turkey come out of the oven before you eat it? I went for the legs. You went for the legs? All right. Were yeah. they cooked all the way through or not? I guess that's going to be the moistest yeah. call. Oh, yeah. That's going to be the moistest call. No. Nastasia's not a dumb lady. <laughs> that's going to be the moistest call. Uh, how, how, but, like, is it out, like, an hour before it, before it, you eat it? Or, like, 20 seconds, 30 minutes? What, what, what are you looking at? No, like 30 minutes. 30 minutes. That's a good number, actually. That's a decent number. I was a little bit nervous yeah. because my, my brother-in-law... I'm not nervous because my brother-in-law cooked a turkey. That's fine. He's... He's great to cook a turkey. He's good to cook a turkey. But this year he decided he's going to cook it at home and then bring the turkey to my mom's house. And I've never, this is the first year since the pandemic that we've eaten together inside as a, you know, in their house, which is amazing. But I've never had a transported turkey. And you know what? It was, it was good. I, I was very nervous. I didn't say so. But I was extremely nervous about a transported turkey. It comes, you ever seen a heart fly across the country? A human heart? <laughs> no, not personally no. in movies. So my mom used to yeah. do it. Yes. That, yeah, my yes. mom yeah. occasionally she'd be on the they they'd hire like private jets Whoa. and then helicopters and or ambulances depending because every minute outside the donor's body is a minute closer to the heart not being good anymore. But <clears throat> they used to transport it, swear to god, igloo cooler. Igloo cooler. Igloo brand cooler. And so, you know, they'd be on this jet with an igloo cooler and a human heart in it, and this was like a large version of that with the turkey. It's like I, I, I looked at it, I was like organ, like a big organ. It had to be a big organ or like a full body transplant, <laughs> which I guess they haven't figured out yet. Someday, yeah, someday. Uh, ooh, wouldn't it be a good idea if igloo actually like use that as marketing? They should. I don't know why they. I don't know why they don't. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like so cool. You know when you have to. I bet you now they use Yeti though. You know what I mean? I bet you Yeti like went into that market. Uh, it's like crap on you, Igloo. That's what happens when you stay behind. You don't catch up to the new technology. Yeti's going to take you. By the way, I went to Yeti's a couple like look, a month or two ago. Did I mention this? I went. No. To, so I think Yeti's from Austin, maybe, because they have a flagship store in Austin that is bananas. Do you guys are you guys Yeti folks? Wiley Dufresne is Mister Yeti. He'll anything that Yeti comes out with, he'll buy a million of, and then just kind of pepper the house with Yeti with Yeti things. You guys Yeti people. I don't have any Yeti anything. No Yeti? No? I mean, they make good stuff. Yeah, they can personalize it. It's all fantastically expensive, but I bought it. I, I, I'm like not like, I mean, I own a lot of crazy things, but I'm not Mr. Tchotchke, but I did buy one of their uh, insulated cocktail shakers because <clears throat> here's my theory. I want to test to see whether there's a dilution difference in the double vacuum insulated cocktail shaker versus a regular set of tins. But the real reason is, as I've said many times on the air, in my family, you know, especially with, you know, Wiley and Miley and that whole crew, we do the donkey ball. So donkey ball is when you, like, you just pour cocktail on top of your old rocks in the glass. You're, you shake the glass, the ice makes a noise, you say donkey ball, they pour more cocktail in. But we're even lazier, so there's usually stuff left in the tin. Because we stir in the tins, you know, you know what I mean? So... There's stuff left in the tin. So I'm hoping that the, the Yeti cocktail shaker keeps the stuff in finer feather in the tin than a regular set of tins. So we're going to test it. Plus, they personalize it. It says BDX, Ooh, which is strong. Very. Yeah. BDX. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so the flagship Yeti store has a, a bar and a performance stage. What? Well, it's Austin, so all these yeah. freaking, you know, bands go and play there. But, like, yeah, imagine a performance stage at a bar at a Yeti store. 
and a bass boat, but that's useless. What are you going to do with the bass boat? I mean, it's on dry land. A bass boat, useless on dry land. True. I mean, dummies. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> okay. Um, by the way, we had a question. I may have take. Oh, no. You know what? No, we didn't finish Thanksgiving yet. So what, what, what else? What else you got? What else you guys got? Quinn, I know you did some crazy stuff. What happened? Uh, I mean, we didn't do Thanksgiving. I, yes, but uh, you did, did some crazy persimmon pie, and it happened to be at the time that Thanksgiving was happening. So, Quinn, no, no, I'm going to spoil uh, it. I did a persimmon. Yeah, go ahead. No, oh, oh, gelato, gelato, gelato. Yeah. So, Quinn, Quinn reads the acid basis <laughs> of something and doesn't look at the little DW afterwards. And what does DW stand for, my man? Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you put in. Wait, wait. So what was your theory? Was the theory that you wanted the gelato to have the exact same sugar and acid base as the native persimmon did, and not native meaning not the same, yeah. not the same sugar, but similar. Okay, and similar acid base. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna have to be higher sugar, obviously. But um, so. But he puts in five times as much succinic acid as belongs in the thing because he's... <laughs> more like four. More okay. like four. Uh, yeah, yeah, four or five. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so like how 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 plas nasty was the succinic acid? Was it pretty hardcore? I actually, I haven't split it yet. Oh. Mm. It's, but, in a, it's in a creamy container as we speak. Ah, uh, freezing down. Did you taste the raw base though? You're not a raw base taster? My dad did. Base he getting said, ready to roll? Yeah. I'm not a raw base. I'm not a raw base taster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Is there eggs in it and stuff? No, I just... I don't believe that that will be an accurate indicator of what the product will taste like. So not for, not for health reasons, just because you, you, don't care to, you don't care to poison your mind. What about this, what about this though? I'm going to give you this little, little, little nugget. While yeah. it is true in cocktails that it is impossible to taste balance of a drink until it has been diluted and chilled, if you know what balance tastes like when it's under diluted and warm, then you judge what it will taste like when it is colder and more diluted. And I would think ice cream bases could be similar. You could, but it just, I, I trust my, for most things, for my sugars and whatnot, I trust the numbers. And my dad tasted it. He said it tasted fine. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see whether that metallic blood taste is uh, more or less present when you chill that thing down and all the other flavors drop. My theory, but I'm my theory is, is that the sugar is going to drop like a rock, as, as we know when you chill it, right? That your sensation of sugar is going to drop like a rock and that that metal on blood is just going to stay there. Just going to ride it out. Well, I've got more persimmon, <laughs> yeah. so I can always... Put it in half. Oh, let me ask you a question. Be do you do you have a tree or something? Like, why do you have so much persimmon? <laughs> no, this is this is the funny and sad part. My, the nurse I go to every week for my blood work has a tree. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's basically a fuyu. Uh, yeah, we, we we that's our guess. I'm gonna get some people mad at me, but like, I just don't. I've never had the. Like the the wild American, is that true? I've never had a lot of them. I've never had like a, a, a bunch that I could try that someone said, these are the ones, right? But I've never had a persimmon where I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait for my next persimmon. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Same. Yeah. It exists. It's a thing. You know what I mean? Um, okay, the, the person I get them from doesn't like them. So we've got like 20 pounds. <laughs> I did a kombucha. We did hot sauce. My dad did hot sauce. Mm. And in any of them, were you like, thank God that persimmon's there? Or is it just a substrate? <laughs> yeah, no, we we made a really nice, like, Chinese takeout style plum sauce. Okay. Persimmon. Right, but it could, could it have had anything else other than persimmon as well? I mean, in other words, like, I, I, I'm fine if it's just a good neutral base and you happen to have 20 pounds of it sitting around. I mean, that's a valid reason to do things, right? But in other words, it's not a valid reason for someone to be like, now I got to go find persimmons again. You're like, I'm going to make that plum sauce with whatever neutral crap I have lying around. You know what I mean? Isn't it like the tilapia of fruit? I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's the tilapia of fruit, yeah, pretty much. I wouldn't say it's that neutral. Mm. So what is it? It is a unique yeah. sort of... Yeah, uh, yeah, but I don't really like that unique flavor. Yeah, 
You picked the, uh-huh. my second least favorite fruit. Papa- American, and I'm assuming therefore, actually Canadians might, you might get good papayas because you have different, you know, you can't grow anything like that in Canada. So they don't have any laws about you bringing the good stuff in. But like the papayas we get here in the U.S. just blow. They're just terrible. They're just trash. You know what I mean? Like they're just not good. Yeah. And I can say that because I grew up hating them because they were terrible. And then I went to other countries where they're great. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. You know what I mean? It's like our stuff is, I mean, I'm sure if you're in Hawaii. Yeah. Or in South, South Florida, and you get one that hasn't been treated, or is it, I'm sure you can get a good papaya here. I'm not saying that we don't have the physical ability to grow them, you know, yeah. although most of us don't. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, we got a caller? Oh, caller, you're on the air. Nice. Yeah, Dave. This is Will Robinson from Chicago. Hey, what's up, Will? What's up? Everything good? Everything's great, man. Everything's great, but but real talk, straight up, you have never tasted persimmon right off the tree, like when it's like perfect. No, and never, it's, it's never a, an it's American a one. Life changing experience. Okay, hold, hold no, on. No, yeah, it's a life changing experience, like reoccurring dream level of haunting. So, like, let me ask you this: So, like, are you talking about a persimmon that you like the style that you have to leave on the tree until it blets out and like gets all like? water baggy after it's gone through a freeze cycle or are you talking ones that can eat hard and fresh uh american style i think you can eat hard and fresh and it can be good so i think it's the the japanese ones that are better when they sat on the tree and gone through a freeze cycle yeah yeah i mean because i eat plenty of things off of trees that need to go through a freeze cycle for instance i eat calorie pears i'm that idiot that goes around eating those tiny pears off the tree in new york city when i'm bored but uh, but they have to blet. They have to freeze and thaw. You know what I mean? All right, listen, I'm willing to... Yeah. I'm, so, like, you're saying that... But you agree that the ones that I buy at the grocery store are terrible. Oh, yeah, trash. Yeah, all right, fine. I say I'm, I'm willing yeah. to believe that, this. That's a, that's a trash fruit. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a trash fruit. But, like, I have had reoccurring dreams about persimmon orchards. Like, wow. it's, it's a transcendent experience. Yeah. So how long do you have? Could, like, Quinn's dad conceivably... Like drive over to this like person's like yard, rip one off and drive over. Does it have to be like pop eat? I mean, I'm sure it can't be like. I mean, I'm sure they're only minutes away, right? It's got to be good enough. Yeah, I think probably like it's like a order of magnitude of like hours, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but they now wait. To clear though, you're talking about American persimmons, not like because this. this yes, I mean. Yeah, yeah. This person has like a fuyu style, which is totally different. I've heard American persimmons are good. I've also never tasted a pawpaw because uh, John over here, who's sitting across from me, saw it at a farmer's market and did what? Not buy it. He saw it at a farmer's market, and what did he do? He didn't buy it. That's true. Yeah, I that's I the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. I have pawpaw that I picked in my freezer right now, Dave. I can mail some. How is it? But how, what's the difference between fresh and... and oh, it's fr- good. It tastes like banana pudding. Yeah. My favorite temperate... It tastes like banana pudding. ...faux tropical fruit is, uh, is the uh, may apple. Which is, you know, I think it's podocarpum. Yeah. Yeah. And it's completely poisonous when uh, not ripe. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. But when it's ripe, if you take the seeds out, because the seeds are also poisonous, amazing. So tropical. You know what I mean? Like, in that kind of like, and this is a meaningless word. You want to get ready for me to say something meaningless. Guava-like. Because what the hell does a guava taste like? There's a billion guavas. It's true. They all taste different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm giving you a meaningless word. another one in Puerto Rico. In, in Puerto Rico, uh, like guava, like off the tree, transcendent, yeah. absolutely transcendent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of and things. I had, to, like, I had to call in to, to David Carpew about about American guava. You know, uh, a persimmon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's really it can be it can be great. All right. And, uh, you know, so were you, uh, were you, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Will's mom is the butterball expert we had on last week before uh, the Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, you're right. Back to back uh, Robinson Collins here. Yeah, so yeah, now right. I noticed that you had a turkey that you bought from a live butcher, not a butterball. I'm not going to say anything about that, only I just did. So the question is were you with your mom and you brought a non officially butterball turkey? Was there dueling turkeys, like dueling banjo situation, or what happened? I mean, she works Thanksgiving, man. She's on the phones. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't spent Thanksgiving with my mother in like sixteen years, seventeen years. She, wow. she works it. She's there in her sweater, in her cubicle, saying "Butterball Turkey Talk Line." Yeah. Wow. wow yeah, real yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a service job. You, you you don't get to spend you know holiday with your family. 
Huh. I never thought yeah, about effectively, it. Effectively. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Service industry, but for like little old ladies kind of, you know, yeah. at least like, you know, with doctors and whatnot, they usually trade off the holidays. They're like, listen, I'll take, uh, I'll take Thanksgiving this year. You take the new year's, you know what I mean? Like they do it like that, but like, you know, everyone's on, yeah. everyone's on deck there with the, with the free game, with the butterball. And he, oh yeah, no, it's all hands on deck. Yeah. 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 Even pandemic and everything. Like she was in the basement, you know, like doing it remote. I'm yeah. sure pandemic's the worst because that's when everyone's cooking turkeys for the first time because they're not with their family. So all the people who've never cooked a turkey before yeah. are like, eh, what do I do? What do I do? Oh yeah. No, that was, yeah. Our house is burned down. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Imagine yeah. your house burning down during the but pandemic. No, so I, I, I did, I did stopping Thanksgiving with some friends. So, mm, yeah. Uh, nice. Well, uh, well, I appreciate yeah. the call. Any questions? You're just calling in to berate me about my lack of persimmon. No, just calling in to correct you about, right. about the, uh, American persimmon being dope. Happy, happy to be corrected and happy to taste it someday. Yeah, no, and I'll, I'll mail you some Popeye. I have some in my freezer that I, uh, that I picked this year. Love it. So. Love it. We'll uh, eat it on air. Yeah. Yeah. And I will berate John again for not it, purchasing The mouth them. sounds would be like more, yeah, the mouth sounds would be even more uh, life-threatening. <laughs> they, they would be bad. Really? It's, why it is it? would be bad. Is it like, I mean, oh. yeah, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird texture. It literally, it, it has the texture of, um, or at least the variety that I get uh, from the trees that I know about, uh, has the texture of um, like uh, banana pie, banana pudding kind of. It's very strange. Even after it's not a, uh, even after it's, it's, it's not thawed, a, even after it's frozen and thawed. Oh yeah. Huh. I mean, it's probably worse than I don't know. I usually I do a um uh actually do a hustino with it when it's after frozen and thawed, so oh, which is nice. also good. Yeah, and I can also mail you. So, so the uh, the so the fruit with weird texture that Nastasia Nastasia, do you you like the canistel or you like the the uh, black sapote, the ice cream fruit better? They have weird textures. Uh, the ice. Yeah. yeah, the ice cream ones. Yeah, those are good. But they have like a weird, like just like hyper dense, like such a dense texture. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I yeah, I, I think Mastodon's, you know, it's a megafonal distribution fruit. I think Mastodon's just didn't really care and they were, you know, just going to town on them. Yeah, well when you're uh, they didn't have the same uh the same flavor taste as like, you know, giant brown thoughts and their avocados. Yeah. Yeah, when, when your teeth are the size of uh, saucers and, uh, you know, can grind things down, I mean, yeah. it doesn't really matter much. No, you know? that helps. Yeah. Yeah. No, everything turns into banana pudding eventually. If you could eat one animal that is extinct, would it be a mastodon? No, no, it's got to be, it's got to be a non-avian dinosaur. Hmm. But what if I limit it to ones that humans have eaten? Oh, uh, if you're limited to ones that humans have eaten... I'd probably go with passenger pigeon. Ooh. Hmm. What about dodo? You gotta eat a dodo. But were they ever? Dodo didn't food? taste good. Yeah, were they ever for food? They didn't dodos? taste good. And why did we, we kill them all? Because they were so easy to kill. Uh, Quinn, the reason yeah. that we murdered all the passenger pigeons. Yeah. They used to block out the sun. I don't know. And yeah. we yeah. murdered them all because they were easy to kill. Uh, the reason we killed the dodo. Uh, but passenger pigeon was apparently delicious. Yeah, but, well, so bobolinks, which are the, you know, the rice bird, are not extinct, just illegal. So, but I'm never going to, I'm never going to yeah. get to taste one of those. Uh, I guess if you're going to go. Oh, no, well, that's, you can go, like, you can go out French president style and uh, your last meal can be Ortolan or something, you know. Yeah, but like, why would, I mean, but I would want to do it American style. I'd want the rice bird, but they don't grow rice there anymore. I mean, I don't know. It's a very complicated thing. And it's, of course, complicated by many factors. But I would think I would go for stellar sea cow. Because we, er, everyone who ate stellar sea cow said it was incredibly delicious. However, they had been on a boat for three and a half months sailing around, you know, uh, you know, the tips of uh, uh, South America. And so I'm or Africa, I guess, depending which way they're going. And uh, so my guess is, is that almost anything would have tasted delicious at that point. But apparently soups delicious, like just delicious. That's a that's a great answer, especially in response to Jackie Molecules having just gotten a lot of about. Oops, excuse me, sorry, yeah, yeah, family crap, show. Yeah, 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 gotten yeah. a lot of crap about. Uh, yeah, about eating whale. So, it, well, you know, yeah, but like I mean, the, sea cow is it, it's an extinct strong, it's an extinct strong. species. So, like, I think what you know, we're assuming that like they're gonna like get some cells and grow it in a tank, and you're just gonna grow the it's gonna grow it. You know, what well, I mean? if you're going extinct species, and then it's it, the morals are completely out the window. 
uh, why not go with Denisovin or uh, with uh, Neanderthal or, you know, I'm sure that we ate all those, you know, other homo sapien uh, subspecies. I don't know. I don't know that we did, man. I don't know that we did. Uh, Here's why. Because we, we interbred with them. So like there's there is like because we interbred with them yeah, we're like part of them. Yeah, they're humans eating humans. There's a whole tradition of humans eating humans in yeah, several cultures. It's yeah. not a uh, usually <laughs> you usually just as a result of war and or a tribute after death, not like as a regular like Sunday dinner kind of a situation. You know what I mean? I mean sometimes you get a taste for something though, and then you're just like I don't know tonight I want I want human thigh. You know? Wow, just, I know, it's gone dark, dude. It's gone way dark, super dark. Yeah, well, we're you, talking you about eating species. You know what's funny about this right now? I just hung up bookshelves, and I have my officially licensed uh, Hannibal TV show book uh, on my shelf, staring so, down at me. Ma- Mads like Mikkelsen. Hannibal the Mountains Hannibal, or? This is the Mads Mikkelsen show, no, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, love Mads Mikkelsen. He is a is a he can look incredibly creepy. I'm not saying he looks creepy, but he can look incredibly creepy. And because of that show, I bought that knife, and I have to say, I like it. <laughs> the I think it's called Porsche 303. I don't know why it's called Porsche 303 because I don't believe it's 303 stainless. I'm not sure, and I don't believe it's made by the car corporation. But even Wiley came over. He's like, "What's this goofball knife?" He picked it up. He's like, "You know what? I like this knife. That's the knife I reach for more I than any other that's knife." An endorsement. Yeah. What? Oh, it, okay. John has right. some sort of reason. Anyway, all right. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No problem. I'll, yeah, and thanks for being nice to my mom. <laughs> well, no, it was a pleasure to have her on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. All right, have a good one. Uh, speaking of guests we've had and guests coming up, uh, on December 12th, we have uh, sommelier extraordinaire uh, Andre Mack coming on. Now, listen, I heard someone... And country ham connoisseur, Dave, might even rival your your knowledge. <laughs> That's look. People can have more knowledge. I'm just saying. No, yeah. I've always wanted to go to Ensign's. I'm the OG. I'm just you the are, OG. You are. You know what I mean? It's like someone can call and dispute me on that, but the problem is they'd be wrong. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you you could disagree with it. You would also be wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like someone could know vastly more than I do at sure. this point. That's fair. Probably because I knew a lot back then. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, that. yeah. It's like, uh, anyway, I don't want to get it. So uh, coming on on December 12th, what is that, two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks. We'll see if we can. Uh, two weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so but I, I read on some stupid garbage trash hole that, like, now people don't like the word sommelier anymore. Why? What is that all about? Some people uh, are hating on the word sommelier. Why? I don't know. And some? Is there a reason to hate on it? Not that I know of. People. Yeah, people. Silly. Listen. Every new crop of humans needs to hate on things. It's just how we're built. You know? I don't even remember what I was hating on back in the day. I'm sure it was a lot. I still hate on a lot. You know what I mean? But, like, what, what was I railing against from the generation, like, 10 years older than me, I wonder? Can any of you even remember what it was that you used to rail against? No. 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 It's because it wasn't recorded. The phonies. The phonies. The phonies. Man. You know? po- posers, losers. I told you, I can remember visiting St. Mark's in the mid-80s and all of these people who were dressing like punk from like 77. And it's less than 10 years after that happened. And I was like, poser, losers, freaking like old wannabe, go, go to your parents' generation, jerks. Can you imagine that? Something that was current only like, that was fresh only like a couple of years ago. That's what it is to be young. I kind of wish I could get that stupidity back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you get a lot done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get a lot done when you have that level of energy and anger and lack of self-awareness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a little arrogance, too, maybe? Oh, a lot yeah, of arrogance. Yeah. If you were me, especially. <laughs> I still got that. Uh, so what else? What other Thanksgiving uh, occurrences do we have? What about you, John? How was Connecticut's Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, did the turkey on the grill, spatchcocked. Came you know out very tasty. How, many, how long did it take? Uh, like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, not too yeah. bad. It was an eighteen-pound bird. Yeah. So did did they, did you do uh, direct indirect? Not really. I was just a little lazy about it. I just I don't know. Yeah. Put it in a in an aluminum like tray, and then just put 
lit coals around on the bottom and then just left it until it was done, basically. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Because uh, who cares if the bones get a little burnt up? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no. You going to eat those things? No. no exactly. How yeah, was yeah. the skin? Not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not great, but... Yeah, that's because yeah, so. I was asking how you deal with the, the yeah. skin problem on that. Because that's a little bit of an issue on a grill unless you have a way to flip it over yeah, exactly. and then have the skin not stick to whatever you – that's why yeah. like if <clears> – you know, in the best of all universes, you would spatch it and then tie it through the bones down to a grate and then you could suspend the grate upside mm -hmm. down, right? Yeah. Crisp that sucker up and then flip it. And if you tie it right, it should be able to stay on even when it's – Actually, it wouldn't matter because uh, as soon as the skin starts to brown and set, it's not going to stick to the grate anymore. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, as long as you had started with some inversion on it, you could, you know, just like the same way like those Argentinian things, you could get it to crisp up on both right. yep. sides. Next life. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? No. Oh, well, we only get one. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack, anything, anything? It was good. Yeah, um, I was in Boston with my girlfriend's family, mm. and uh, her dad did a very good. It was a huge bird, it was like twenty six pounds or something. It was like that's a, a very, large. Very that's large a large bird. bird. That's a large bird. The inside, the bird. inside's yeah. cold, and the outside's already screaming for mercy. It's a big bird. They're hard to do. It was a very big bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. He did. He, he did an admirable job. Oh, good, good. Uh, do, so, how was the carving? Carving is always kind of an atrocity at Thanksgiving, right? Especially like if people. I'm not saying your girlfriend's dad can't carve a turkey. I'm just saying that a lot of people, it's like their one time a year that they carve something and just mutilate the bird. Just mutilate it. How was the carving? Yes. Yeah. It was, it was, it was good. What, what, was, what was smart is he left the carcass out for people to pick at, which yeah. I loved. Remember that old uh, yeah, yeah. commercial? I think it was for Purdue's oven stuffer roaster chickens. When, they, when Purdue started making... Oven stuffer, i.e. big, like young chickens, and they call them roasters. And the commercial was pick, 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 pick. You've seen that? And it's just the carcass getting totally shredded up. And they, they, they wanted you to buy a chicken and then just kind of leave it around so people could pick on it. Pick, 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 pick. Remember this? Yep. Dave, yep. Dave, do you remember in the video I sent you of all the chefs there? Remember when the when the turkey was finally ready, none of them wanted to carve it. We yeah. had like some of the best chefs at your house. Zero yeah. of them wanted to <laughs> Yeah, because we're all we're all losers and weasels. Oh, it's like uh, I think we have another caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, what's up, Dave? It's Josh from Norfolk. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Doing good. Um, Hot dog, so not a sandwich, by the way. Hot dog, question. not a sandwich, not a sandwich. You know, we, we agree on a lot of things. We can have that one. Okay, okay. Um, so we're throwing a little repeal day party next week, um, kind of celebrating early 2000s cocktails, but we're going to science them up a little bit. So I'm looking at my apple teeny right now. Um, my plan currently is to make kind of like a, a sour mix by jacking just some simple syrup with uh, malic acid and like a little citric. And I figure I'll infuse the vodka with, uh, or maybe just apple peels for that kind of like tannin and well, a little color. I happen to know from your Instagram account. To, I happen to know from your Instagram account that you have twenty pounds of ash meats kernels sitting around. I blew through them this weekend, but uh, I have access to way more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they still good where you are? Oh, they're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I juiced all mine instantly, and they're in my freezer. They lose their texture so, yeah, relatively can, quickly, but I, they keep their acids. Can grab a bunch of a bunch more of those, um, but yeah, I was just wondering. We have best practice to just really pack this thing with apple flavor, and then uh, I'm going to dye it green. <laughs> you know what we used to do uh, at uh, at existing conditions for for whatever reason, uh, it really worked well with uh, our uh, Garrett's apple teeny whatever. I forget what it was called. It's called Macintosh, even though that's not not a great. It was because of the computer he was making yeah, a joke, 2.0. Listen. It was a very good cocktail. A Mac just tastes like a Macintosh. This was not... Anyway, hickory syrup. We used hickory syrup. And it just popped the apple. I don't know why. But, you know, with the bark, shag bark hmm. hickory, you just boil... You vacuum fuse and, sh and boil um, shag bark hickory. Then you... 
um, then you reduce it by half and sugar it. It's good. Syrup's good. I just made it again, just like two days ago. Uh, so that popped the apple. Um, if you clarify the uh, the apple, then you. I would see. I mean, it's going to get destroyed by boiling it, though, to con- concentrate it. I mean, you, if you want the most apple, and, and this is for work or for or for people, regular like non-paying people. But. Uh. No, this is for paying people. Oh, yeah. Then you can't go too crazy. Because I was going to say, you could always just do, just use a boat ton of clarified apple and then just, uh, you know, freeze it down. Don't make it, don't make it traditionally. You know, you, you like pre-chill it. Um, but that's not really an option because it's very expensive. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's just for one party. I huh. only need enough for four hours. Yeah, so then you could just, you know, if you freeze clarified, uh, if you freeze clarified uh, apple, then you can stir down with the clarified apple until that ice is gone. And then uh, just make, then add the, you know, add some regular ice to it, do a second stir with, uh, to finish the dilution. The, the problem with stirring with, um, with them both at the same time is you have to make sure that the, apple juice totally melts out or your your sugar acid ratio is going to be hosed you know what i mean but then you could put you know quite a bit of um you could put quite a bit of apple into it uh actual apple you know what i mean um but the ashmead's balances out pretty well Uh, i don't have the numbers in my head uh but i just did a lot of uh numbers recently on acid sugar level but you just do it by taste you know what i mean Sweet. All right, I'll play around with that. Yeah, but try the hickory syrup. It's awesome. You have hickory, Where, uh, you have hickories the, in Norfolk, the don't you? bark hickory. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I may need to go uh, go foraging. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not hurting the tree. Don't like denude the tree. It's just the external bark. It's flaking off. You know what a shag bark hickory looks like, right? It 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 looks like yeah, it sounds yeah. shaggy bark, shag bark hickory. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've got a we've got an arboretum. I might go. Uh, Take Ooh, a walk tomorrow and well, see what I can find. Yeah, we won't we won't talk about going into an arboretum and taking things off of the trees. We won't talk about it. I'm not saying I'm mad at you for doing it. I'm just saying we're not going to talk about it. All right? It's casual. It's a cool one. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks. I bet. By the way, uh, John, let's say people want to be able to call in. What would they do? They would call 917-410-1507, and you can only do that if you are a Patreon member. So you should go to patreon.com slash cookingissues and sign up at one of our awesome three levels. You get a lot of perks at every level, including uh, discounts to Kitchen Arts and Letters, access to our Discord, live video feed, uh, prioritized questions, and just a whole bunch of other great things. So Operators are standing by. Yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah. And, you know, operator is uh, your man Joe Hazen. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, I will say, if you happen to enjoy this uh, podcast, uh, go and rate us, uh, preferably yeah. highly, on the uh, platform of your choice. It helps us out. Yeah. It, it and, really does. And follow at Cooking Issues on Instagram, too. That yeah, helps, yeah, too. Yeah. And Booker and Dax Lab, whatnot, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. And one more plug that we should have oh, since it's Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. No, you do it. You're the board member. Yeah, but you know, but you know okay, more okay. even than. All right. Um, so, super excitingly, Mofad uh, found a, another temporary space in Brooklyn. They will be reopening up Flavor, um, which is super exciting. There's going to be some new uh, smell and tasting machines that Dave's working on. Just other. It's it's just going to be fantastic. And since today's Giving Tuesday, Mofad is asking that uh, you chip in if you can. So go to mofad.org. Uh, they'll prompt you with a donation link right there and give what you can. It would be really helpful. And as we all know, MoFed is a really great organization and we got to do what we can to keep it going. So we're going to measure your brain waves. Wait, what? They're going to measure, they have a brainwave measuring thing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Ta- oh, yeah, taste pumps. I'm building taste pumps. Nice. Yeah. Supposed to be working on the book, but I'm building taste pumps. Anyway, we have another caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Dave. This is Patrick from Brooklyn. How are you? Doing all right. Hey, I got a leftovers question, even though the leftovers are exhausted at this point. When you have really crisp turkey skin, mm-hmm. but you don't eat all of it, yeah. and it sogs. Okay, you've made a mistake. And You've already made a you mistake. Haven't eaten all of it. You haven't eaten all of it. Yes, that, 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 that is true. All right. But if one has made that mistake, right, right, right. what is your suggestion? Especially take it from the meat and do something separate or... Uh, that's always my struggle. Yeah, 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 I always remove them in as big, like, you know, if you have leftover skin of any type, I always remove it in as big a chunks as possible. 
And then you got to be careful with turkey skin because uh, <clears throat> turkey skin that's been uh, cooked on the bird has already rendered out uh, significant, so it's a lot thinner. So you have to keep a little bit of an eagle eye on it. But like you know, throwing it into like uh, like a convection oven or an air fryer at like you know three fifty three seventy five as flat out as possible to recrisp it up, and then I would just salt it and eat it like straight. I don't. know. I was like, I'm I'm a believer in consuming poultry skin as close to the you know it's just crispy wonderfulness as possible not that there's not other great preparations of it like you know steamed birds and whatnot like especially in you know uh chinese cultures and whatnot but yeah that's what i would do and i do the same thing like whenever i whenever i have to take the skins off of uh chickens for whatever reason that all the skins go on sheet pans on parchment in the oven at like 350 don't go too high because you want it if keep an eagle eye on it if it's already cooked because it's going to burn fast it's going to get dark really fast especially if you've rubbed it with things yeah like and butter. there's that yeah. accurate accurate edge to to burnt turkey that's not to me is not pleasant yeah yeah so, yeah. so you got to really keep an eye then you might want to lower it you might want to lower it because it's already been brown so you might want to throw it in at like 325 300 you know what I mean? 325 is better. And yeah. then, uh, you know, just convection real high to, like, just get rid of any moisture it's picked up. And then, yeah, eat it. And don't let anyone else have it. And, 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 and sort of related, I, all these turkey frying recipes come out are, you know, people talking about frying turkeys without any breading, you know, anything like that. Are people frying chickens the rest of the year? Is this, like, something that one should be doing, you know, on a smaller, oh. less dangerous scale? You mean, just dipping, yeah. dipping the bird without any crust in or is that i always just I, i'm always wondering why that isn't a popular thing but the the, the turkey is and yeah. are we missing something i've done the reverse i've done chicken fried turkey it's real good the issue is you have to cut the piece you either have to completely low temp the pieces beforehand so that they're cooked through uh or you have to uh cut the pieces into smaller units before you chicken fry them but but chick, like chicken, chicken breaded fried turkey is great. So for a couple of years, I was doing once I started to, once I started instead of cooking one giant bird, cooking two smaller birds. I would always roast one and chicken fry the other. But have I turkey fried chicken? I have only done it as a. Have I done it with chicken? I've done it with quails all the time. Like, uh, you know, like to. I have no yeah. idea if it's good or not, but it just feels like a missing, easier food link that's less likely to burn down your house. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's fine. Here's the thing with, uh, here's the thing with, with, uh, put, put it here, right? So, like, when you're frying a turkey, usually you're using a bunch of fresh oil, which is not great because you're just doing the turkey, right? You've bought oil and you bought the turkey and you have your turkey fryer. But the turkey takes long enough to cook that by the time it's done cooking, the oil's kind of broken in. And, you know, you put enough water and other garbage in it that you're, like, ripping the oil apart as you're doing it. And you probably temperature abused it. So the oil's going to be broken in by the time that the thing happens. But it's only ever had the turkey in it. I'm guessing that if you're doing a chicken, you're going to do other stuff with that oil. And oil, so, like, I've done a lot, 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 lot of deep frying steaks. Like, a lot. Deep frying. You know what the, you know what the. I'll give you a power move, dude. Deep fry rack of lamb. Oh my god. Deep fried rack of lamb and then uh <laughs> fantastic. You know what I'm saying? It's like like really, it's like you know, oh, I wish the rack of lamb was like crusty all the way around. Yeah, you want it? Deep fry it. You know what but the problem is that uh <clears throat> the a little bit of oil adheres to the outside of the uh stuff and it usually tastes like fry oil and not like the natural basting juices are like you've roasted it. And uh, it has a very, very particular aroma uh, that I think can be off-putting. So what I typically do is uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I, whenever I fry something like that, I'll baste it with jus on the way out. The jus washes off the oil off the outside. Uh, or, you know, sometimes when I was doing a lot of steaks, I would keep like a bucket of uh, beef broth and I would just take the meat through the beef broth on the way out and it just takes away that fry smell. So that's the only kind of negative I would say. Um, that's the only negative I would say, but otherwise, I think. Dip it in chicken broth on the way out then if I try it. Or just ladle a little bit over the top. Run some tests. I've never done it on a chicken. But like I say, this is the way to do quail, right? Because they're so small. And it's hard to get all sides of a quail without overdoing it. You know what I mean? So, you know, you fry them. 
breaded fried quail is also good, especially if they're boneless. Boneless breaded fried quail, that's money in the bank right there. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. I got some experimenting but, to do. But I will say right, this. I will you. say this. It's worth the extra money to pay someone else to bone that quail for you. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> don't. Especially because like, you're like, unless you are cooking for yourself yeah. and you're like, I'm going to do like two quail and then like it's worth it. But it's like, if you're like, oh, I got 10 people coming over. Let's bone some quail. Nope. Nope. That's, here's another one. Don't do. <laughs> uh, I got like 10, 15 people over. We're going to have Dungeness crab and I'm going to pre-crack it. Nope. Nope. Hire someone to do that for you. Hire someone. Anyway. All right. Good luck with it. Uh, all right. <laughs> oh, wow. What was that from? I, I remember that. What is that from? Is that like Seinfeld or something? No. Uh, no. What is that? Tool time? I don't maybe, know. maybe, yeah. uh, wow. All right. Brady Vickers wants to know, uh, would love to hear what my pie plans are, or any of our pie plans for the holidays, especially in light of the acid-adjusted key lime pie idea and the Monroe Boston Strauss intel you've gathered. Well, I just did a bunch of pies for Thanksgiving, uh, and uh, I did this time pomegranate key lime pie. And I have another question, I think, on that somewhere. Uh, I'll I'll read it again if I, uh, if I get to it. But... Um, Here's the thing I, I learned about key lime pies. Joe, you're a key lime pie fan, right? I sure am. Yeah. So, um, you know how, like, everyone's like, oh, like, like uh, when you use regular limes, it's not as good, right? That's what everyone says. That's what everyone says. Yeah. I've never tried it. What, you never tried using regular limes? Never tried regular limes. But actually, you know what? I can't, I can't lie. I've never actually made key lime pie. No? No. Just buy it? We would have, <laughs> dude, they're like, it's like you throw a stone in South Florida, you hit a pie stand. Yeah. They're yeah. everywhere. All right, so They're like, all in the shape of oranges too. The pie stands are great. Really? Yes. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like leave, it's like uh, not leaving Las Vegas. Learning from Las Vegas. The uh, what's his name? Uh, architect. He wrote a book called Learning from Las Vegas, and everything is either a duck or a decorated shack. So these are ducks because the building is shaped like an orange. What the hell is it? Venturi. Oh. Robert Venturi. Anyway, so um, okay. Here's the issue. So most of us that have had key lime pies, not in Florida, not from key limes, I would say if they have a fault, it's that they're too sweet, right? Overly sweet. And I did some research in advance of this, and uh, I think I know the problem. The problem is, is that key limes, which are a different uh, species of lime, of uh, fruit as Persian limes, which is the standard lime that we use in cocktails, right? Key limes actually have much higher acidity. So, uh, so a, a percent higher. So it's like, whereas like a regular lime is like rocking like about 6%, right? A key lime is rocking like 7% or thereabouts. So if you sub it one to one, it's about 15% less acid, which means it's going to be there for, it's going to taste, the ratio is going to be off by 15%. So when you're acid adjusting for key lime pie, you don't want to acid adjust up to six like you would for cocktails because all, almost all the cocktails are based on uh, Persian lime units. All of the modern cocktails that, you know, that I deal with are based on Persian lime slash lemon units, not on key lime units. The, conversely, if you use key limes, you might need to use a little bit less in a, in a, in, in a cocktail recipe. So you want to adjust it up to about 7%. Another problem, uh, I did pomegranate this time, and it was great except the color was bad. I did, I did pomegranate uh, for Thanksgiving, key lime pie. Um, the problem is uh, that it has a significant amount of sugar, right? So pomegranate juice is like – has like 16, almost 16 grams of sugar per 100 milliliters in it, right? So um, that's a lot. So <clears throat> I had to adjust, and I, I did uh, – I looked at Joe's stone crab recipe online and I analyzed it and a standard, uh, the one that they publish, I'm sure they don't publish their real recipe, but their real recipe contains uh, 189 grams of sugar and about 11.4 grams of acid for a ratio of 16.6, of, uh, right? Sugar to acid. And so that's what I tried to hit when I adjusted it. So really I just plugged in the numbers that were already in pomegranate juice and uh, the condensed milk, and then I just uh, added the amount of acid to get the acid-sugar ratio up to 16.45. So I'll give you the numbers. Uh, one can of uh, sweetened condensed milk, which uh, is, uh, I think, 396 grams, uh, 167 grams of Palm Wonderful, three egg yolks at 54 grams, 11 grams of acid. I did a mixture of malic 
uh, citric, malic, and succinic, uh, and that gives you a ratio of 16.5, and it tasted great. It's a little punchier because it's got a little more sugar and acid than the original Joe's did, but the, there's an, as much acid to balance it out, so that's what I would do. I also did my now-patented bullseye, yeah. my bullseye uh, cheesecake uh, pumpkin pie mix. So I 3D printed a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of target rings, right? Five rings, and then uh, I took one of those expandable, you know, those rings that expand, those cake rings. That spring form? No, they're not a spring form. They they're kind of like imagine if you didn't want to have to have a bunch of different spring form pans, and it's just a ring that you can make any size. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, 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 and you have to put it on a flat sheet. Yeah, yeah. so I did one of those. And then the, the ring inside of it, graham cracker crust. And I did King Arthur's graham cracker crust. And uh, they used confectioner's sugar instead of uh, granulated sugar. I don't know why they did, but my theory that it's, it's good, one reason I think it's going to be a good idea, and it was, it was delicious, is that I think the confectioner's sugar is going to bind less than the, than the other stuff because it's got that extra cornstarch in it. And so I'm thinking that's going to make a softer crust. I also browned the butter because I wasn't going to do a par-bake. And so, like, when you par-bake a, a graham cracker crust, it gets a little bit of those toasty notes in it. But I didn't want to par-bake the, the crust because I wanted to do a real loose pack on it so it wouldn't get hard. So I didn't want to <clears throat> I didn't want to have to worry about it slumping because it was such a loose pack. And so I browned the butter. It also reduced the amount of water, which also decreased the bind because there's less – There's a, it was significant, right? So, like um, – I wrote it down somewhere, but like, you know, 80-something grams of uh, butter went to like 70-something grams of butter when you added it. Uh, I think it's on your Instagram. Yeah, it's on the Instagram. So, uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then I, I did it in the Inova precision of it. I used Dory Greenspan's, uh, um, what's it called, cheesecake recipe, but I added lemon because it's New York. You know what I mean? Come on. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. And I didn't use, you know, she gives you the option of sour cream or cream. Sour cream. Come on. Come on, yeah. please. Uh, yeah. So then, uh, uh, then uh, I cooked it in the Anova Precision because I wanted to try that. And guess what? No cracking, no worrying, no nothing, no water bath. No. Everyone hates. Are, are any of you guys cheesecake cookers? Yeah. Yeah. You water bath? Yeah. Yeah. Pain. Sucks, right? Yeah. Sucks. Oh, put like three layers of aluminum foil around it. Put it in the water bath. No. No, no. Just set your steam oven on the temperature you want the thing to cook to, right? 176, 80% steam, and walk away from it for three hours. Because guess what? It can't overcook, right? Then you do that. You still have to do the the uh, you still have to do the the long drop, the long cool down. So okay. it left it in the oven with the thing, you know, prop. Partially open, yeah. Yeah, and great. Not not overcooked. Not broken. Not cracked. Not dry. No skin on the top. Nothing. Dream and the right amount of pumpkin pie to cheesecake because I love the first bite of pumpkin pie, but then I want some other bite in my mouth. So the second bite is cheesecake, and then I'm ready for the pumpkin pie again. But but, but of course, I still drowned it in whipped cream because please, does anyone like pumpkin pie without whipped cream? If you eat whipped cream at all, oh, needs it or vanilla no, ice cream, but yeah, no oh, vanilla ice cream. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, okay. Oh my God! Some human candy canes are walking past us. Yep. Slash, are they are they barbers or candy canes? Some sort of mix? Some North yeah, Pole it's like a Christmas North Pole light that they're holding? Oh God! Uh, oh, anyway, uh, what about ice cream and whipped cream? Yeah, why not? Yeah, thank delicious. you. Yeah, thank you. Not guilding. Tomorrow, why does it have tomorrow's to be the tree lighting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Are you? Uh, so, what are your feelings on the tree lighting? It used to be one of your most joyous. Things. How are you with it now? That's what cost us. That's what cost us our bar. So I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only it's true. Only Joe. Only it's a true story. Uh, but you know that makes it even more funny. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, but like, I think it's. I'm kind of sad that like one of the few things that kind of brought you joy, you now hate. Although I guess that's life, isn't it? Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, we, we covered in smothered pie, right? I'm probably going to do some more. I just got to figure out to make the color better. Pomegranate juice doesn't have its enough color on its own. Somebody, uh, like texted in and said that there's 
reduced pomegranate that's different from like pomegranate molasses. Pomegranate molasses is too dark. Yeah. What's the word for pomegranate molasses? Pecmes, right? So like that stuff's too dark. But uh, they said that there there is just reduced. It has a bright red color. Hmm. I'd have to test the acidity level of it and the sugar to see what's up. But yeah, I'm not opposed. Oh, by the way, Joe's key lime pie recipe. The reason I chose his other than or his, I mean, whatever he theirs. he died in like that. What theirs? Yeah. Uh, uh, other than like it's famous and people like it, is that it used a relatively large ratio of uh, of um, key lime to sweetened condensed milk and had extra egg in it. So instead of a half cup per condensed can- milk can, it was uh, two thirds of a cup of uh, of uh, juice per per condensed milk can and just had an extra egg yolk. And I was like, you know what? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so much whipped cream. Uh, you know what? You know what's interesting? Not interesting to anyone but me, but the original recipes, I think, uh, were based – the original key lime pie recipes, as far as I can tell, back in the 20s, right, and maybe even earlier, were based on kind of uh, lemon icebox cakes, as a, a lemon icebox pies as, like, the basis of it, right? And uh, they got kind of transmogrified into key lime pie, but they started in the same way of having a meringue topping on top because mm. if you think about it, you're throwing away egg whites. Unless you're making angel food cake at the same – I mean, you're not using that many, but, like, you have egg whites because you have egg yolks, right? And so a lot of the original old, old recipes you'll see uh, have a meringue topping on top of the of the um, key lime pie. So then you have some people, northerners, who are like – will, quote, unquote, say the authentic key lime pie and then put a meringue topping on top of it. But it turns out, as far as I can tell, in South Florida, that tradition is gone. And so, like, you won't see meringue tops. And so people are like, you don't know authenticity. They don't make them with freaking meringue on top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. But it's so funny. It, it, this is why authenticity has no meaning. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because, like, what do you mean? Authentic to the 1920s? Exactly. Authentic to what someone who's alive today is growing up eating? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Authentic to Silly. this. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as my family would say, speaking of my family, uh, Neko writes in, hey, do you have a recipe? Because that's, that's how my family does talk. You know how I say that's not how they talk? That is how my family talks. You know what I mean? Authenticity this. You know what I mean? Like, that's how they talk. Anyway, but like... Uh, is that how you guys communicate to only through this radio show? Uh, well, I don't know if they've <laughs> never called in. My family's never called in. Come on. Come on. Really? No. I should um, get, them to, yeah, get them to do it. Let's crank call them. We should. We should. So, uh, Neko wants to know, do I have, so I just have to say this again. I said it a bunch, but in case this is the first time you're tuning in, Boston Italian, Boston, like old school Boston Italian Americans don't call pasta sauce sauce. They call it gravy. Okay. I don't know whether that's other Italian communities in the East Coast or not, but in Boston, it's gravy. Okay. So when I'm saying gravy, I don't mean turkey gravy which is also delicious. You know what I mean? I made a sick leftover turkey gravy, by the way, but I digress. Um, so when I say gravy, I'm talking about what most of you think of as pasta sauce. What about Vancouver? They don't call, they don't call it gravy over there, do they? No, I mean, I think, again, remember, I'm, I'm from Ontario, originally Dave, so get, you, get your facts straight. All right, But geez. we would probably just call it like a Sunday sauce. Mm. We would not say gravy. No, no, no. Uh, so, do I know the recipe for the gravy of my youth? Do I still make it or a variant of it? And I have to say, sadly, no. And everyone who made it is dead. Uh, they're all dead. So, I could not recreate it because, you know, I was pretty young. Um, and that definitely, it wasn't offered to me as a thing that I could participate in. And, like, I usually would show up for Sunday dinner after the making of it had already happened. You know, occasionally, like, I remember my uh, my auntie Annette making the lobster sauce. You ever had the Italian lobster no. gravy? So it's like, it's no. it, it's a tomato gravy, but she buries lobster in it. She'll split the lobsters in half and bury the lobster in it and cook it with it. Instead of the usual, <clears throat> the brajol and the sausage and the pork chop uh, and the meatball. Right, like instead of that mix, it would be lobster, and yeah, bring it up slow and let and, and, and great. But uh, I saw her make that a couple of times at the Cape when she was visiting. But 
yeah, I wasn't there for the for the gravy. And my stepfather, who should know because he was around, like from a, being a small boy, that's not the kind of crap he pays attention to. You know what I mean? Like so, unfortunately, my family's recipe is lost. Yeah, like literally everyone is dead who made it. I could maybe ask my cousin Tiffany. She might know. Anyway, I'll try to figure it out, Nico. Because you're making me feel guilty for not knowing now. Now I feel bad. Uh, although, get get this. I went to my mom's, like I said. She has all She's like, do you want any of these childhood books? I'm like, no, Ma. What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this? I live in an apartment in New York City. You have a house. Just keep it in the freaking attic. Or keep it in the boiler room. You have a boiler room. You have an attic. I have no, I'm in an apartment. Does this happen to you, Nastasia? Your mom's like, take this. And you're like, I can't. I don't have a place. Oh, yeah. Any, anything. Anything she wants out of the house and into my tiny place. Yes. But what the hell are they going to do with the space in their house? I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. More dolls. It, well, you know, that was my dream. I was going to take everything <laughs> I own and just invest it in American Girl dolls. And you're, and you're like, in the company? No, no, just dolls. But then I would play with them and ruin all their value. Remember that? <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. So good. So good. People are like, is he nuts? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Nastasia and I visited this store, and it's the creepiest store on earth. I believe that. It's so creepy. Anyway, I mean, kids love it. People love it. Anyway, uh, where were we with this? My mom. So I found, so one of the Eisenhower daughters, I forget which one, but one of President Eisenhower's daughters wrote a cookbook for kids in the 70s. And my mom got it for me in like 1976 when I was five. And I immediately opened it to the page. That's where I got my paper bag chicken from. So paper bag Cooking had a small resurgence in the 70s. She published the paper bag chicken. I then was, I made that once a week, although of course I added mild spices, because come on. And then, uh, but I, that was my once a week from the time I was like seven, when I would make dinner, I would make paper bag chicken. I gotta make paper bag chicken again. I haven't made it in a long time. You ever make the paper bag chicken? Never. You gotta rub the chicken with butter and then salt. And then of course, because it was the 70s, I put curry powder all over it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, salt, pepper, and if you're me in the 1970s, curry powder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I want to order from the 70s? I'm going to do fully 70s myself this year. Uh, I want ribbon candy for Christmas. Remember that? Yeah. Tastes bad. Nobody likes yeah, it. Yeah, no, not good. <laughs> but you look at it. So does anyone else know what I'm talking about, ribbon candy? Yeah. It, for those of you that, like, you know, are younger, I don't know, it's literally sugar that's pulled, and it looks like, like a ribbon that's been like folded a bunch of times, like like in in like a line, and you're looking at it and it looks amazing. It's like <laughs> glistening. It's like different colors. It's like hard. It's like, and it's just sitting there next to your orange that's all full of cloves. And I made those last year. Those things are amazing. You ever done that? Everyone do that. Go go do that this year. Do the orange with the cloves and the cinnamon. Anyway, I'm gonna get that. Uh, What's I talking about? Oh, Monty wants to know. As a low-quality individual, I get my wild salmon at Costco already in pouches, which I cook with my jewels. So far, I don't like any of the temperatures. It's either mushy and metallic or kind of firm and metallic, but nothing fall-apart savory like other salmon. I know it's an inferior product, but any tips on how to make it taste decent? Also, do you have a discount with Aura King? We don't right now, but I'm going to get in touch with Michael Fabro because he's now doing his own farm-raised interior land-raised salmon. I want to have him on the show anyway because he's doing Ikejime, and maybe we can get a discount on, on his stuff. You also got to be careful because not all New Zealand King is Aura King. There's another company yeah. that does it. And Wegmans, whose fish counter is nuts. Their new fish counter is Crazy. freaking bananas. Crazy. And by the way, their King Crab, Frozen King Crab, good. Nice. I had it. Good. Okay. Jen was like, this is the Frozen King Crab from Wegmans? I'm like, yeah, good. Not cheap. Yeah. Good. Um, I, Monty, I think your problem is you're leaving it in there too long. I would do something on the order between 50 and 52 degrees Celsius, but you only really want to cook it for about 20 minutes or it's going to start getting mushy. The longer you cook the salmon in a low temperature situation, the mushier it's going to get. So please let us know what your actual temperatures and times are and we can like steer you to a better uh, result. Uh, <clears throat> Trevor wants to know, he's been working on putting brown butter into his buns, hoping that toasty flavor would come through, but so far they're just getting cool looking brown flecks, which you're trademarking as Flavor Flex. Any tips for how you can amp up the brown butter flavor? It's difficult because there's not that much butter in a hamburger bun. I got to think about it more to see how you can get more of that flavor in without just jacking the butter. Why, well, you got an Couldn't idea, Couldn't you John? just do brown butter solids? Or 
Yeah, you know? but that's more flavor flex. And then what are you going to do? I guess if you're going to clarify a bunch of butter, you could take it up to a little bit of brown, like ghee it, like almost yeah. ghee it, and then use the solids. That's a good idea. You should do that. Um, it looks like we'll have to get to the other questions in next week. On uh, David, I'm going to get you on your malt powder next week. I got a lot to say about it. Cooking issues. Cooking issues.